0: welcome welcome to illuminate with lizzie i'm your host lizzie q and i'm a life coach health and wellness geek and a spiritual being navigating this 3d world just like you here we discuss things from spirituality to health and wellness manifestation and so much more i'm here to help you on your spiritual journey so that you can create the best life for yourself as the highest version of yourself it all starts from within My intention is to bring illumination to those who seek it. So if you're listening to this, I can assure you that you're right where you're supposed to be. This podcast will help you shine your beautiful light for the world and have that light reflected right back at you. Thanks for being here and let's get to it. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. If it is your first time here, welcome to the Illuminate with Lizzie podcast. I am super excited for you all to listen to this episode where I have the honor of interviewing my friend and former classmate, Becca from Body Love by Becca. We met through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and it's been so amazing connecting with her. We unpack a lot in this episode, so get ready. From healing our relationship with food to how we both stop the cycle of restricting and binge eating to how toxic diet culture is to abusing ADD medication and so much more. It really all ties back to self-love and how healing your mindset and relationship with your body is a journey, but it is so hard worth it. I'm so excited for whoever is listening, especially if you're on your own healing journey as well. You're going to get a lot of support from this vulnerable conversation and the advice that we share. So without further ado, let's get it rolling. Hello, Becca. Welcome to the Illuminate with Lizzie podcast. I'm super stoked to have you
1: here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited that this is my first podcast
0: interview. So I'm honored oh I'm honored to be on your podcast. Yay. I know. I feel like we've been talking about having you on my podcast a few months ago, actually. And now it's finally happening. So yeah, everything's coming to fruition now. (laughs) We're here, we've arrived and we're ready. (laughs) We're doing it. (laughs) Well, to kick things off, the very first question I would love to ask you is what does illuminating from within mean to you? And also, when do you feel like you illuminate from within? Mm, That is a juicy question. (laughs) Um,
1: I feel like illuminating from within is just, I know it sounds cheesy and like so overstated, but just really being true to yourself and, um, being in tune with your needs at all times. Um, and not saying like never putting someone else's needs above yours because sometimes sacrifice is necessary, but I think we all have a a tendency to put other people above ourselves um, Mm -hmm. and really put ourselves on the back burner, put ourselves last on our priority list. So I think illuminating within is just, you know, being really true to yourself and um, always having your best interest at the top of your list. And when I feel really illuminated from within. Um, It's when I'm being really consistent with my self-care practice. So meditating every day and um, being really in tune with like my spiritual side and journaling and just really taking very good care of myself. Like I can really kind of go downhill very quickly when I start to Um, neglect. That's the word. When I start to neglect myself, um, Mm -hmm. I really do not feel illuminated. I feel like my light just kind of gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. But when I take really good care of myself, I just feel like that light just kind of expands and grows and I'm able to be a better version of myself, both for me and for other people.
0: Mm, I love that. And I can also relate to that so much because there's times when I'm like, okay, even if I stray a little away from my meditation practice, I'm like, oh, I can feel a difference there. So also what you said was not cheesy at all. I feel like that was, that was beautiful. And I'm I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that as well. For listeners that don't know you, could you share a little bit about who you are and also what you're working on and, Um, we actually met through IIN, which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So also what are your intentions with being a health coach? Sure. So I've had a long and difficult journey, uh, with my
1: health, with my body, um, particularly with my relationships with food and exercise. So, um, I think one of the biggest struggles that I've had in my life is that, you know, my relationship with food and exercise. So I can remember, when I was eight years old, um, that was the first time that I was called fat. Um, And I have these flashback memories of when I was a little kid where I would like eat, I would like binge eat candy and um, like, uh, you know, Rice Krispies and all that stuff. And I would stuff the wrappers into the VCR player to hide it from my parents. I would, I would put it at the bottom of the trash can. So nobody knew that I was like, you know, off by myself in a corner, just like binging on food. Mm -hmm. Um, so those behaviors started really, really young for me and continued up until probably like a year ago when I was finally like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to stop this. I'm ready, you know, to stop feeling controlled by food and by Mm -hmm. my negative feelings about my body. So, um, I feel like I've been through it all. (laughs) I mean, in high school, I was restricting my calories to a thousand calories a day. And I was working out two to three times a day. I just remember sitting up in my room, just calculating like how many calories I could eat, how many calories I had to burn. And if I did that, if I burned this amount of calories in this amount of time, I would lose this many pounds in this much time. And then I would be at my goal weight in this many weeks. Like my head was just constantly like running Mm -hmm. running with like numbers and it was exhausting just constantly thinking about that I remember counting out like almonds because I wouldn't let myself eat more than like 10 almonds at a time it was just ridiculous um and then the first experience I had with that being normalized is I fainted in the gym I was at um wow I don't What was it? I think like LA fitness. So like a big gym, I fainted lots of people around and, uh, um, my vitals weren't coming back up to normal. So they took me to the hospital and I was just given a saline drip and sent home. Like nobody asked me about anything I was struggling with. They were just like, yeah, you're dehydrated. (laughs) But I mean, when you're dehydrated and you faint, I feel like normally when you come back to consciousness, you're, you're, you know, you're back to normal pretty quickly like there was obviously something going on if my vitals were like that bad that i had to go to the hospital yeah.
0: and nobody asked me about it so how how old were you at this time or when exactly was this recent or a couple years ago no i was like 16 so oh wow like, okay so this right is, like, at the exactly prime high school age. okay yeah okay. like
1: right at the prime age for this kind of behavior and nobody picked up on it so i think that there's a huge gap in Um, knowledge and awareness in the medical field, but that's Mm -hmm. another conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fast forward to college, I was put on stimulant medication for ADHD. When I did not have ADHD, I was just suffering from PTSD. You know, I think lots of things are misdiagnosed in the mental health field as well. And that happened to me. And I started taking the medication to stop myself from eating And uh, I graduated from college and I didn't need it anymore, but I kept taking it because I liked how thin I was. And I liked how many compliments I was getting on my body. And, um, I loved the attention that I was getting. And I finally just felt like so validated from everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, I was miserable inside. Like my mental health was probably the worst it's ever been at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, uh, I stopped taking the medication, um, gained weight right away, and then I kind of spiraled into binge eating. So like the opposite um, end of the spectrum, where I I don't think I could go a week without going to like McDonald's and getting two people's worth of food and just eating it in one sitting because I was just so like miserable with my mental health. So like I said, I feel like I've been through it all. I've been through restriction. I've been through binging. I've been through both ends of the spectrum. And I think like I've just found so much freedom in rejecting all of that and finally just accepting my body where it's at. I am the heaviest I've ever been right now but I'm also the happiest I've ever been. So it just goes to show you like your external appearance does not determine your happiness. So if you lose this many pounds, it's not gonna make you happy. It's just not. And I know sometimes like, I know sometimes it's difficult to hear that and really believe it because sometimes you just have to go through through it yourself to really believe it. Yeah. But I cannot stress it enough. Like your external appearance will never validate you internally enough to make you happy. So mm-hmm. that's a huge reason why I started at IIN. I was just feeling awful about my body and I wanted to heal and I wanted to help other people heal these same issues and I really feel like the past 6 months has been like so transformative for me. I mm-hmm. don't feel guilt like but I don't feel food guilt anymore. I don't exercise out of shame or guilt anymore. I just I'm finally at a place where I accept and appreciate my body. And instead of standing in front of the mirror and just picking it apart and critiquing it all the time, Mm -hmm. I look at my body and I think like, wow, you do so much for me every single day. And I have put you through so much BS (laughs) over the last 15, 20 years And you're still here for me. You still show up every single day for me. You keep me alive. You keep me safe. And just that pivot in my thinking has like completely changed my life. So I'm really passionate about helping other women um, with that same pivot in their thinking because I just think that we're wasting our lives obsessing over our bodies. We really are. Truly. And Mm -hmm. I just don't want anyone to get to the end of their life and be like, wow. I wasted all of that on counting calories,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Holy crap. That hit me (laughs) to the core (laughs) because I can also relate to your journey so much. And I also believe that you had to experience all that. Everything truly does happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, We experience things so that we can, if we, are on our own healing journey, we can also help others. We can Mm -hmm. bring light to others in their own healing journey as well. And some people may not even know that there needs to be some healing to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you were talking about how you were prescribed stimulants um, for for ADHD or ADD medication, and that would suppress your appetite, that is actually something that I can relate to and is is actually really sad to think about how you know so many people are getting prescribed these medications that may be suppressing their appetite and people can be abusing them especially if somebody already has an unhealthy relationship with food I looking back on it um, I definitely was abusing it in similar, similar reasons there. One of the reasons was I probably shouldn't have even been prescribed them in the first place, even though they did help with my mental health, because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's an upper. And at the time I was not doing too great in the mental health on the mental health side. And Mm -hmm. so I was using ADD medication to, to keep myself going throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And a side effect of that was it would suppress my appetite. Mm -hmm. And so when I wouldn't take the medications because sometimes I didn't feel like taking them, I would, my body would just react and you need food. What are you doing? So I would binge. I would eat so much food. And that was the consequence of, restricting myself or actually just not listening to my body because I wasn't in tune with it because of those medications. Mm-hmm. And that is such, that was such an unhealthy cycle. And yeah, I mean, it's crazy how people will be like, wow, you look so good. Mm-hmm. Or being Just losing a, a bunch of weight that I was not feeling good. I was taking medication to feel good. And mm-hmm. that's, that's something that I really, looking back on it, I'm like, I am so sorry, body, for how I treated you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so I, when you told me that, because we've talked offline a little bit about this as well, I was like, mm-hmm. holy crap, mm-hmm. I, I'm if you and I have experienced this, how many other people are right. experiencing this as well? yeah oh, I think it's so. oh my gosh. yeah, so much to unpack there. I have so
1: much to yeah say it, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so I mean, first of all, I just want to make it clear that I do think that there is a time and place for medication in some situations. Agreed. Um, agreed. Yeah. Definitely don't want to say that, like, you should just come off your medication. <laughs> um, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> Talk yeah. to your doctor before doing that. But I will say that in this country particular in the US, I do think that medications are overly prescribed. And I think that the medical profession just kind of jumps to like a band-aid fix rather than getting to the root cause of issues so like I mentioned like I was prescribed that medication and I tested for ADHD I went through nine hours of testing and it came up that I had it but here. <laughs> yeah like in reality those tests have to be flawed because I don't have ADHD I had suffered so much trauma in such a short period of time and had no one to talk to about it I actually mm-hmm. had PTSD but I was misdiagnosed and mismedicated and I think like you know I I grew up in Australia, so I have a different perspective from a society where we don't necessarily prescribe medication at every
0: turn. Right, Um, right. It's not it, a band aid fix. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was really jarring to move over here and see like commercials for medications that everywhere.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. For
1: anybody who's like never been out of the country, that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a US thing. Good but, to know. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it's definitely overprescribed. And I didn't realize how common this issue is. I mean, I've posted about it on my social media and Other people have responded to me saying like, oh, I used to do this too. I used to take Adderall to stop myself from eating too. And I truly, I don't know how I didn't think that this was a common issue because now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, duh. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I didn't realize how common that is. And I don't think that a lot of doctors are checking in on the patients that they prescribe these things to and asking about those side effects. Um, yeah, just a whole, a whole host of issues. Like how are you supposed to listen to your body when you're taking this medication that is like messing with your you know, intrinsic signals that are trying to tell you something.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that, again, when you were talking about how, you know, doctors should be asking, like, how is your appetite going? Or maybe even checking in on their, their state of mental health Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, depression is the thing, or if their relationship with food, there's so many different components that play a part in, and people abusing what they're prescribed with and i feel like it's important for for the medical industry to just be more aware of that and you know i think that there are i'm not saying that doctors aren't doing their job, right. I just think that th- there can be more mindfulness around that for sure.
1: I think the system is broken. I think they you know, the education system through which these doctors get their degrees is broken. I mean, mm-hmm. think about how often we've heard in IIN that to get a medical degree, you do like what one class in nutrition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I think that the whole system is broken and you can't, necessarily blame these doctors for internalizing the education that they received.
0: Yeah, absolutely so. because they they're just receiving that information and sharing it to the best of their ability as well. So, yeah. As frustrating as frustrating as it
1: is, like we do the best with the information that we have and that's the Absolutely. Information that they have. So, yes. they're just sharing what they think is true. Um, but it is frustrating being on the the other side of it and just wishing that your doctor would take things more seriously and help you get to the root issue rather than just giving you a pill to like cover it up, you know?
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. And what was, what made you decide to come off the medication? Because for me, it was this intuitive feeling where I was like, this is just not feeling great for my body anymore. And I need to, I just need to do it. And so I just stopped taking it. And obviously I had major withdrawals, but mm-hmm. holy crap. I am so happy that I listened to my body and, yeah. and trusted my intuition on it because it's been, I don't know, like four, three, four years without taking it now. And I, I feel great and I yeah. don't need it. The thing is I don't need the medication, right? So that, that makes me feel way better. And I have a better relationship with food. I mean, that's been a journey in its own, but yeah. that really propelled me into healing my relationship with food after I was like, oh, I can actually feel when I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. What a concept, right? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I, there were a couple things that um, led to that decision to stop. So first of all, speaking of side effects, I was getting so horrifically moody on Mm. these stimulants. I mean, I was just like always on edge and my teeth were always like grinding and fledged. Mm. Anything, like the smallest thing could set me off. Like I just had like the shortest fuse. And Mm. in my relationship at the time, I mean, we were getting into, so we were at the beginning of our relationship. We were getting into a fight every single week. And like, wow, that's not supposed to happen, you know, especially like at the beginning, the quote unquote honeymoon phase, like you should not be fighting that often. And even now, like in my current partnership, I don't fight with my partner. I converse with him, you know, we talk things out, but this medication in that relationship at the time was just causing me to just like, just blow up at the drop of a dime. And I was causing all these arguments. So that was a huge motivator. I was like, I'm sick of fighting. I, you know, want to try and hopefully mend what's going on in this relationship. Um, so I stopped taking it and I, you know, like you had major withdrawal symptoms. I had headaches and Mm -hmm. just like brain fog and, um, at that point, I had convinced myself that I couldn't do anything without it. So that was another like big indicator that I needed to stop was because like, I remember thinking to myself, like, I would wake up for the day and lay in bed and be like, I need to take a shower. But I can't do that until I take my medication. Like I literally yeah. can't
0: shower. She's so dependent on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like I had convinced myself, like, I can't do things without this medication. I yeah. can't take the trash out. I can't brush my teeth. Like I literally can't Super
0: do it. Super addictive. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So those were like the two big factors where I was like, all right, this is not serving me anymore. This is not mm-hmm. good.
0: Mm-hmm. So did that propel you into your your healing journey as well or when do you feel like that you truly being able to find food freedom where do you feel like that journey began
1: much later honestly um because i had actually started smoking weed because of mm. this addiction to the ADHD meds and then that spiraled into an addiction to weed um because that would counteract everything. So that would like, you know, I would go all day without eating and then I'd smoke a little bit and then I'd be able to eat something to get it into my body. Cause my body was like shaking and, you know, I had like no energy. And, um, at the end of the day, like I just felt awful when my medication would wear off. So I would smoke weed to counteract it. Um, and so I stopped the ADHD meds, but I did not stop smoking. Um that took me a lot longer to overcome so mm-hmm. I only just quit smoking weed like for good last year so it's been since July yeah um, yeah big Congrats. accomplishment for me honestly yeah. it was like way <laughs> harder than quitting yeah. the Adderall but yeah. um I would say that's when I really started healing my relationship with food because we does this, like it doesn't do the same thing as the ADHD meds, but it has the same effect. Like it really interferes with your ability to listen to your body because when you smoke, you just, you know, you have the munchies. And even if you're not hungry, like you can't stop eating. At least that's how yeah. it was in my oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: cuz everything tastes great, you know? So you just want to mm-hmm. keep eating. Um, but I, I mean like that was a huge reason why I was gaining so much weight. It was because I would smoke weed and then binge on like all that fast food. And so uh, I took a few months off of work, which I was so lucky to be able to do, mm-hmm. and I told myself I was like I'm not going to waste this two months just smoking weed on the couch. Like if I'm lucky enough to be able to take this time off when like so many other people in this country and in this world aren't able to do that, I'm not going to waste it away by Mm -hmm. just like being high out of my mind for two months. So Mm -hmm. I quit smoking weed, um, which was very hard, but that was kind of the catalyst that helped me heal my relationship with food. I started to feel my own hunger cues again. I started to feel my own satiety cues again, and I stopped binging and, you know, like it didn't just happen like that. Magic yeah, absolutely.
0: Right? It's a process.
1: <laughs> Obviously. A process. Yeah. Process. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really the catalyst that when I started to feel my body's signals again, I was like, okay, I can I can work with this. And then I think I mentioned to you I went to an OBGYN. Yeah. And because mm-hmm. I was having all these health issues, and he misdiagnosed me, I think, with PCOS, and basically made me think that it was my fault. I caused my PCOS mm-hmm. with my binge eating. It was my fault that I gained weight. And because I gained weight, I got PCOS, which by the way is not true if there's anybody listening to this that has PCOS and thinks that you caused it with your weight gain not true mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the other way around PCOS can cause weight gain
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i just felt so awful about myself and i like i was so close to slipping back into old habits because he told me okay you're going to have to restrict your calories you're going to have to restrict your carb intake, and you're going to have to exercise more. That's just what you have to do. And I literally told him, I was like, I've suffered from eating disorders before. So I really don't appreciate the language that you're using. And I don't want to, and he literally chuckled and he was like, well, you're going to have to restrict. And like, in that moment, I just like turned my brain off. I was like, I'm not listening to anything else. This guy has to say. Wow it really like had the potential to undo a lot of the work that I had just done for two Mm -hmm. months straight. But that really was like the huge catalyst towards me being like, you know what? I want to change the way that this conversation is happening in the healthcare industry. And, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: obviously I don't have a medical degree, but I want to be able to help people, women specifically, heal their relationships with food and exercise without doing all of those crazy restriction things because your physical health means nothing if your mental health is like tanked. You know, if your mind is constantly consumed with restricting and counting your carb intake and counting your calories and counting how many calories you've burned in your workout to make sure that you're doing what your doctor told you to do, it doesn't matter what your physical health looks like. Your mental health is not good. And Mm -hmm. so, and you're, you know, as we know, there's a mind body connection. So if you don't have good mental health, that is going to show up in your body. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter how much weight you lose or how much you restrict or whatever the stress in your mind is going to transfer to your body. So what is all that for? If you're still going to have
0: physical issues from the mental stress you're putting on yourself that is not a way to live at all Mm -mm. and I feel like when people are so consumed with calorie counting and just losing weight and looking as thin as possible or working out as much as they can they that's not a way to live like Mm -hmm. are you even enjoying life because what is the reason that you're doing this for is it for external validation or do you truly feel good within because when I look back on when I was looking at calories and like looking at my macros making sure that I was exercising every single day I think about it and I'm like okay one, I do love being active, but I now understand what mindful movement is mm-hmm. versus exercising because I feel like I have to, mm-hmm. because I ate a bunch of junk food the other day mm-hmm. or because I have, I, I feel like I need to because I scrolled past an Instagram post where yeah. you know I see somebody and they're working out or this girl's in a bikini and I'm like, oh gosh, like I should probably get back into it. Mm-hmm. That's just not, that's not healthy. It wasn't healthy. And I wasn't conscious of it at the time, but the more I started to develop a better relationship with my body and tune more into my body, the better I understood that that just wasn't for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you make a
1: really good point, um, on mindset, because this is, this is something I've been thinking about a lot the last few days that it's not, the thing that you're doing. That's the problem. It's the mindset behind it. So I think that a lot of people have this misconception that like being anti-diet means that you're just encouraging people to sit on the couch and just eat chips and eat cheeseburgers, eat whatever Mm -hmm. you want, like Mm -hmm. whatever comes to your mind. That's not what we're encouraging. We're just (laughs) encouraging like the, the less you associate morality with food the more balance you'll find in your diet so if you stop telling yourself like that cheeseburger is bad I can't eat it and you just start giving yourself permission to eat it you'll actually eat it when you want to and you won't eat it when you don't yes. want yes like I exactly. like it's so funny that You know, and this is like a perfect example. It's so funny because when I was telling myself like, oh, this food is bad, I'm being so bad by binging. I'm so disappointed in myself. Like this food is horrible for me. Like for example, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out, whatever. I think I mentioned earlier, I couldn't go a week without going to McDonald's and getting Mm -hmm. like a huge amount of food. Now that I've stopped telling myself that McDonald's is bad, I don't want it anymore. Like I literally, I realized the other day in the last six months, I've had fast food three times. And Mm -hmm. it's because I've told myself, like you have full permission to eat that when you want to, when you really
0: right. want to, not when you're having like an emotional crisis <laughs> and you're yeah. craving like fast not, food. Yeah. Not when you've worked out like a ton and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I can have this fast food. Yes. Right. Not right. when I earned it, not when, not when I'm using it to cope with
1: my emotions, but when my body is truly like, yes, I want this, I can have it. And you know what? I want it less because my body doesn't actually want it that often. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I think that there's just a, there's something huge to be said for the mindset behind your behavior, not necessarily the behavior you can go to CrossFit and Mm -hmm. do that if that's your Mm -hmm. jam, but there's a huge difference between going to CrossFit because you feel empowered in your body and you genuinely enjoy it versus like, punishing your body and feeling like you have to go to these extremes to earn your food or earn whatever you've eaten or burn off whatever you've eaten. Like those are two completely different mindsets and they'll lead to two completely different outcomes, but it's the same behavior.
0: Yes. And I, I can relate to that as well. When you were talking about how, um, you, once you stopped or once you were like, Oh, I can have McDonald's whenever I want to. And then you actually didn't really want to have it anymore. That's mm-hmm. when I, I remember when I would used to restrict the food that I was eating. Cause I'm like, Oh, I've had too much, but now that I just eat until I'm full, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I can have this food whenever I want. And it just, there's such a sense of peace that comes mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. There's such a sense of peace. And I, can't even remember the last time that I felt guilty about eating food. And I'm like, how did I feel guilty for that long eating things in the past? Crazy. Yeah, crazy.
1: for like a biological mechanism, your body is biologically wired to be hungry and for you to feed it. Like when did yes. we turn it into like yeah. a morality thing? Like, oh, you're yeah. good if you eat this food, you're bad if you eat if yeah. you eat that food or you're bad if you eat when you're hungry and you're good if you can ignore your hunger signal signals and and stop yourself yes. from
0: eating. Yes. When did that happen? Uh, when did it happen for me? Yeah. Yeah, like, no, you know, yeah, society. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> for society, I feel like it's always been, I feel like it's constantly becoming even more of a thing now because of social media and mm-hmm. because of what we see um, from outside programming and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about? diet culture and how it's affecting women right now in particular? Mm. <laughs>
1: I have so many thoughts about this. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Why do you think it's so toxic? Why do you think diet culture is so toxic? Mm.
1: Because I think diet culture teaches us that we cannot trust ourselves and mm. we cannot find the answers that we're looking for within ourselves. We have to look externally. So if you don't have a high level of trust in yourself, that will lead to, you know, higher self-loathing and just a negative image of yourself. But if you like, if you have that trust in yourself and you know what you need, I feel like your self-worth just skyrockets. And so, I think like diet culture and so many other things in our society teach us not to trust ourselves. They teach us like, oh, we have to buy this device to track this, or we have to, um, eat this because if we let ourselves eat something else, we'll lose control. So I think that's really like the core of the damage that diet culture is doing is, is just like teaching people like you cannot trust yourself. You cannot be trusted.
0: Wow. Yes. I, I agree with that as well. And I feel like it's so unintuitive to look at how count your calories and be and stop eating because you can't go past a certain amount of calories versus eating until you're satisfied and you're full. And yeah. I'm not saying to, you know, eat a bunch of Cheetos and be like, yeah, I'm full after I eat like three bags of Cheetos. Yeah. Like, What are you fueling your body with that's actually going to help nourish it Mm -hmm. and heal it? Because I look back on times when I I was looking at calories and I was still eating like a bunch of junk food, but Mm -hmm. looking at that, looking back on that, I'm like, okay, that's not even healthy to begin with. And I wasn't even fueling my body with the necessary nutrients that it needed. So of course Mm -hmm. I was binge eating things because my body wasn't getting what it actually needed.
1: Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the body, the body naturally always moves towards a state of balance. So Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if you just trust that maybe today you're really hungry and you listen to that and you eat until you're full, just trust that, you know, the next day you're probably not going to be as hungry. It's going to be okay. Like I think, sometimes we like get worried if we're hungrier than normal. And like you said, we stop ourselves at some arbitrary calorie count. Um, but if you just trust that your body knows what it's doing, your body's so smart. It's so Mm -hmm. much smarter than we give it credit for. So if you're hungrier, yeah. Like if you're hungrier today, eat, it's going to be okay. You're not going to gain five pounds from eating how, how much your body is asking for today because your body knows what it's doing. It's, it Mm -hmm. knows that it's, it's not asking for too much. I think we just get like, so panicked that if we overeat one day, then that just means that we're going to do that that every day. Yeah. It's over, Mm -hmm. but that's just not the case. Like some days I literally cannot stop. I'm so, well, not that I can't stop eating, but like, <laughs> I'm so hungry. Like I'll eat the same things that I normally eat, but they just don't fill me up. So I just listen yeah. and I eat
0: more and it's, and yeah. it, it always balances out. It always evens Yes, out. it does. And I think, especially with the female body, some days we are going to need more calories yeah. and we just have to trust whatever our body is asking of us. And, you know, also with exercise some days we aren't going to feel like we want to exercise some days we just need to give our bodies our adrenals rest and then there's going to be days we're like wow let's do this I'm so excited to move my body today and that's also something that I feel like is so important for everybody to understand is you don't have to have this you don't you can let go of control when it comes to listening to your body because when i used to be trying to control like my workouts what i was eating i just was not happy at all like Mm -hmm. i wasn't truly happy within like i was thinking about these things constantly and Mm -hmm. being able to let go of that i'm like wow i've developed such a better relationship with my body and with food and with movement so Mm -hmm. all that just really goes together
1: Yeah, I think there's something to be said for just dropping out of the mind and dropping into the body and trusting that your body knows exactly what it needs at every single moment, because it's when we get in our minds, like our minds are so susceptible to fear and anxiety. And a lot of the thoughts that we have are very unhelpful. Um, And they're not actually in our best interest. Mm -hmm. Our body always has our best interest. Hour. Absolutely. Like always at all times your body yes. is always fighting for you your mind not all the time yes <laughs> sometimes yes. it can be fighting Definitely. against you I think we can all relate to that so I yeah. think, yeah we just have to learn how to drop out of our minds and drop into our bodies and trust like if your muscles are sore today and your body is like asking you to rest listen to it because if you listen to it the next day, you'll be able to get up and and go do, you know, mm-hmm. a workout class or mm-hmm. go on a walk or whatever. But if you don't listen to it, I think that's when issues really like snowball and we just crash and burn.
0: Yeah, that's when it really perpetuates an unhealthy relationship with your body or with food, and you actually move further from being in tune with your own intuition. Yeah, um, what would you? What advice would you give someone that's struggling to drop from their mind into their body or somebody that really thinks that, you know, you have to, I have to work out this many times a week or do this many high intensity interval training workouts to look good, to feel good. And I have to eat this way, or I'm not going to, to feel good about myself. Do you have any, anything that you would want to say to anyone listening that may have their routine kind of look like that right now?
1: Yeah. So first of all, it takes time. It's Mm -hmm. not something that happens overnight. So if you can't get it right away, if you can't listen to your body right away, that's okay. We've spent years and years and years, possibly decades ignoring the body signals. So it doesn't just... You can't just flip a switch overnight and be like, "Okay, now I can listen to my body. Like it just mm-hmm. it happens over time. So that's my first kind of piece of advice is to not get frustrated with yourself if you don't know how to do it at first. Mm-hmm. But I think it starts with stillness mm-hmm.
0: and presence always it starts. Yeah.
1: And whether that means like meditation for you or if that just means just sitting with yourself for five minutes and just focusing on your breath. And that's not easy. Like I still get distracted all the time when I meditate, but Mm -hmm. every time you notice your mind going off, just bring it back to how the inhale feels in your body, how the exhale feels in your body. And that gives you a closer connection with your body and gets you out of your mind so that eventually you're just so in tune with your body that it's second nature. Like you don't even really have to put that much effort into asking like what your body needs from you. It just yeah. tells you and you can hear it. But if you are constantly up in your mind and you are constantly thinking and thinking and thinking like, this is how many calories I can eat today. And I have to do this workout and I have to do this and blah, 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 blah. It's the mind that is really the issue here. Yeah. So you've
0: got yeah. to learn how to get out of it. And it
1: takes time.
0: Yes, it is a daily practice. Mm -hmm. Some days I can really feel super in tune with my body. And some days I I recognize when my monkey mind is going off and I'm like, all right, what do I need to do to center myself, to ground myself again so that I can make the best choices for me and not what I think I should be doing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Take the word "should" out of your vocabulary. Catch yourself. Yes. Every time. And this is like something that yes. my taught me, and I think that it's catching on. Is don't should on yourself. Don't should yes. on yourself. Don't every should time. on yourself. I love that. <laughs> every time you catch your mind thinking, "Oh, I should do this. I should," catch yourself and be like, "No, no, no.
0: I'm not going to shit on myself." yeah <laughs> wait I love that definitely going to use that now every time I feel like I think I should be doing something be like, mm-hmm. Becca said don't shit on yourself <laughs> exactly
1: and um, I think another helpful thing is whenever you do catch yourself like Craving something maybe not as nutritionally dense, or feeling like you have to go do this super hard workout, just take a pause, take a couple of deep breaths, and ask yourself if you are trying to cope with a difficult emotion in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I love to cope with difficult emotions with sugar, and sometimes really salty foods, um, and sometimes a really hard workout if like, so a workout sometimes can be me feeling a lot of shame and I'm trying to like prove my worth with my workout. Or Mm. I think honestly, I think the brain is like biologically wired to crave sugar when you're stressed. So yeah, I mean, it gives you an automatic dopamine hit. Exactly. Exactly. And you're never going to be able to cope with those emotions in a healthy way. If you keep putting a bandaid on them and you keep just like immediately giving into whatever your mind is saying in that moment. So I think, yeah, just back to that original point, it's just take a pause and just be really honest with yourself and ask yourself, am I trying to cope with sadness or loneliness or anger or frustration. And instead, sometimes it can be really healthy to just journal those feelings out. Um, and there's nothing wrong with eating the chocolate or eating the chips or whatever. But I think something can be said for getting to the root of why you want that.
0: Oh, yeah. And if it's to oh, cope
1: if it's to cope with a difficult emotion, perhaps there's a better way to do that than just eating it
0: away. Yes. Yes. Getting to the root of it all is really important and also really impactful in your healing journey as well, because when you can get to the root of why, when we can get to the root of why we do things, we are better able to understand ourselves mm-hmm. as well. And yeah, it really comes back and ties back to what is your intention behind the things that you do Mm -hmm. so that's that's also like a huge thing that I've learned um, that has also just allowed me to practice more self-love and Mm self-care yeah I I definitely agree with that that's wonderful advice (laughs) yeah and it it
1: cultivates that self-trust that we have learned not to have So I think a lot of us are like starting at zero because society has taught us not to trust ourselves. So the more you just pause and really be honest with yourself, it will cultivate that high level of self-trust. And again, the more you trust
0: yourself, the higher your self-worth will be. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. This has been such a beautiful and vulnerable Mm -hmm. conversation. And I, I really do hope, well, I do know that it'll reach who it's meant to reach Mm -hmm. and how can viewers connect with you how can listeners connect with you that aren't already connected with you? Um, so
1: you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is bodylove.bybecca. by um, Becca. I'm not on TikTok yet. I haven't succumbed to the pressure.
0: <laughs> to <get> TikTok, but <laughs> she does have great reels, though. Everybody.
1: <laughs> maybe I'll end up getting TikTok, but I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm fighting it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people say that, and I'm like, give in. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that I'll just get sucked into scrolling. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm resisting it, but who knows? Maybe. Maybe I'll give in one day
0: when I find the balance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I am so happy that we had this conversation and I really do feel like this is going to be super impactful. So I appreciate you. And thanks for taking the time, Teka. Mm, thanks for having me. I loved having this conversation. Yay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.